0: Welcome to Nobody Told Me That, your source for candid business talk and stories. Your host is speaker and author Teresa Duncan. Sit back, buckle up, and hang on.
1: It's my honor to have a good friend of mine and Constant Road companion, Kevin Henry with me. Hey, Kevin
0: hey my friend how are you
1: i I'm good i am actually um I have a new coffee maker so i'm I'm getting used to it uh-huh. uh it broke last night, which was a huge crisis and, oh, uh, oh my gosh you know i tried to i tried to descale it. you know they say you're supposed to descale <laughs> it, and I did it and now my whole vin- my whole kitchen smells like vinegar, so I just said forget <laughs> it. I ended up going to buy a new coffee maker at like seven o'clock at night. It was ridiculous so um. The things we do, right? You know I mean? know. <laughs> <laughs> we to just a function. <laughs> just to function, Kevin. Just to function. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with Kevin, um, he has, he's the former editor of Dental Economics and Dental Practice Management Report, uh, Modern Dental Assisting, um, a ton of other uh, publications. He's just really well known in the industry. He's the champion of dental assistants everywhere. And most dental assistants know his name. And if they don't, they should. There's uh, Ignite D. DA, which is he's a he's the founding um, and founder and leader of it along with Dr. David Rice yep. and it, it is really for the dental assistant soul right like chicken soup for the dental assistant soul. it is
0: you know um, you know I've been in this since 99 and and you you've heard my speech more times than you probably care to count but you know we've, we we formed Ignite DA to empower enlighten and educate dental assistants because we feel like that a dental assistant who is happy in his or her career not only it makes a great employee but also uh contributes to the bottom line in very significant ways for the practice and so
1: yeah.
0: uh th- yeah so that that's our whole goal you know and if, and uh as silly as it sounds you know my my whole quest is that one of these days whenever i'm no longer in this industry that dental assistants have uh, been raised to the level they deserve of as far as respect and everything else within the practice
1: you know it's it's funny because When I started out speaking, I I definitely heard a lot of, you know, if you speak to the office managers, you're not going to make a lot of money. You need to speak to the dentist. And I know for sure you've heard that, too. Oh, yeah. We've probably got the same advice from the same people. (laughs) And what what I really find sad about that whole outlook is that if, if the dental assistants and the managers and the hygienists, you know, everybody in the office isn't empowered and brought up to speed... Then how the heck is the dentist going to work, you know, unless they're working by themselves? So, um, yeah, and that's, that's kind of where we, that's kind of our goal, right? Is to make the team that much better by yeah. educating them. And you know, you're seeing it, you're seeing the results from it with your people.
0: You know, and my, the, the drum that I bang way too often, probably, people roll their eyes maybe, is that, you know, the practice isn't just a practice, it's a small business. And if your employees of your business are not empowered and really engaged with that business, then obviously they're not going to do everything they can to make sure that the business not only survives but thrives. And so I, I always, whenever I do get the chance to talk to Dennis, I always say that you've got to look at everybody in the practice, including yourself, as an employee of the business. And what are you doing to empower each of those employees to make the business grow and prosper? So, yeah, I mean, you know, we I know you and I speak, you know, together at meetings, which I love to do, but we also speak separately to different groups. But, you know, no matter, I think, which group you talk to, there's still sometimes that uneasy feeling of, where do I fit in in the practice? Am I just an employee? Am I just going through the motions and punching the clock and going home? Or is it something I really feel like I'm making a difference?
1: Yeah. Yeah, because if if you, and, and you brought up something interesting just there where, you know if it, if they feel like they're just kind of punching the clock, then uh, I don't want them on my team and you know and being a oh. former manager, I tried to weed those those people out as soon as I could. You know they don't always reveal themselves they right. they tend to wait until after the ninety day period is over, but <laughs> oh, <you're right. laughs> sooner, sooner or later they need to go because they just bring the rest of the team down and and so you probably have the same so here's here's my experience as a speaker talking to mostly. Yeah. Um actually for insurance I'm getting a lot more doctors, which is really interesting, but for my managerial classes it's mostly it's mostly managers and uh, front office people right so right. this is what happens they they come in there's three or four of them in a group and they always they fill in from the back. So there's two types of people. There's the person that comes right up to the front, right? Because either their vision is bad or they just are that type of person that wants to be up front. That's awesome, yeah. right? That for, but for the most part, people fill in from the very back row, and then they come in in packs. And there's always, so say there's a group of three. Isn't it? Don't you think it's interesting that there's usually one of those three. That is so just uninterested. Doesn't want to be there. Has been forced to be there. And when I say something, you know, like we talk about their characteristics, and the one person is just oblivious, watching, looking at their phone, and the other two are looking at each other. Like that's who she's talking about. Do you ever see that in your class? Oh,
0: absolutely. Yeah. You know, and I always compare it to church. You know, because people (laughs) fill the back yet they're like afraid of the splash zone, as I always call it, up front. Uh, You know, but I really do think that so many times you can tell the people and their personalities from the front because, you know, let's face it, if you're listening to this, we can see when you're on the phone the entire <laughs> talk, okay? You're not hiding anything from us, all right? You know, and, and, and certainly that's your business, but it's also something that, you know, it is the whole you get out of it, what you put into it, and, and you're right. There's, there's always a few in the class that would rather be anywhere else or doing anything else and I always think, "Wow, well, what are you like in the practice? I bet you're just a ball of joy, you know." <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
1: they're a ball. They're they're a ball and chain is what they are, you know. <laughs> but that's, that's I, a I I remember very distinctly there was a meeting that I went to. Um, it was UOR yep. under one roof, which is pretty much the preeminent show for oh. hygienists. And I was listening to uh, Betsy Reynolds speak, and it was a it was a keynote. Um, Philip Sonicare had brought her in. It was just, she, and you know, she's a smart cookie. You probably heard. Oh, her. absolutely, she, yeah, yeah. She blows my mind with all the stuff she knows. But I'm sitting in the back, and I'm sitting next to your friend Mark Hartley, who used uh, to work with at Dental Economics. And good and guy. Sit, yeah, absolutely. So we're sitting in the back row, room full of hygienists and. Like two or three seats down from me, this girl pulls out a bottle of nail polish, um, takes her feet up, puts it up on the chair, and in the middle of Betsy's core, starts painting her toenails. And, That's impressive. And, you know, and and Mark, I just remember I looked at Mark and I was like, oh man, man, this is not cool, Mark. You don't need to see this. And and he's looking at me and I'm looking at him. And you know, Mark just gets that disgusted look <laughs> on his face. You know? so, yeah, but but that I, you know, I hope no one, thank God, has ever pulled out nail polish in any of my classes. But it's going to happen one day, right? Oh sure. So.
0: Oh, I, I think so, You know, you know, you and I fly enough that we see the horrific things that happen on planes that people do. <laughs> Uh, you know, so I, it's only a matter of time. Uh, in in one of our talks, I have no doubt about it.
1: Well, you know, one of the tricks that I have is I I take my scarf. I always have a scarf. It doesn't even matter to the middle of summer. I always have a scarf, and in that scarf, it's it's one of my freshly washed scarves. So it smells very like laundry clean. Because oh, if, if somebody stinks on that plane, I at least have some sort of armor.
0: <laughs> so, so, so what's a, okay? So what's the worst thing that's happened in one of your classes that you've noticed?
1: Oh, oh, hands down, it was the lady who came in with her paper um, to read the paper in my class. And, and here's the thing. It was in New Jersey. Uh, Dr. Feiler has a New Jersey Institute, and, and I used – River's Edge, that's where it was. And I used to lecture there probably two or three times a year. So this lady would come. She This is like the third or fourth time she's seen me. And she pulls out the paper in the middle of class, and she reads the paper while she's chewing on her breakfast muffin. And wow. Yeah, and, and I remember I said came up to her like the third time and I said, you know, I it looks like you're you're not getting what you need out of this, you know. And I was going to offer her a refund. You know, I was going to say, what was going on? Can I help you more? And she said, she, <laughs> she says to me, no, I just really like coming to your class. I already took it, so I need it. But I need the CEs, so I figure <laughs> if I have to sit eight hours in a class, I'd rather sit in the class with somebody that I can at least listen to them. Wow! <laughs> so I thought that's a backwards compliment. But yeah,
0: high praise yeah. there. Come on, high yeah.
1: praise. But you know, th- what does that look like to everybody else in the room when she's you know folding right. and unfolding the paper? You know, with I don't know. So that yeah. that was it. And then that's in Greater why. Greater New York, I remember the lady who went to sleep, and um, I mean, she was snoring. She was just. Oh snoring away. Have you ever had a snorer in your class? I have
0: had a snorer. Uh, I have. (laughs) And, you know, nothing does more for your self-confidence than that. There's no question about it. (laughs) (laughs)
1: And, you know, if I were a snarkier person, which, of course, I am not, uh, of course. No, <laughs> if no. I were a snarkier person, I would have found a way to talk about sleep apnea or something like that in the <laughs> class. But I nice. just left it alone because we have to be professional. Oh,
0: of course we do. Of course. <laughs> we always are. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah. Oh gosh. Oh gosh. Yeah. So, so let's go back to the employee qualities because you were you were yeah. talking about, you know, the fact that we bring clinical and administrative team members, just team members in general, bring a lot to the table. Um, I just had lunch, or I'm sorry, dinner with my old boss, um, and you know him, and and it was really nice to see him, and and we were, he's hiring because we have somebody that's moving, and and we started talking about all of the employees we'd have over the years, you know, I've worked with him for over 20 years, Uh and there were some that really came to mind, I mean, I thought, you know, having a a self-starter, being an independent thinker, and being loyal, um, easy to teach, I mean, what, what do you see also as really good qualities in an employee,
0: yeah, you know, um, I, I think those are big ones right there. I mean, just g- the ability to get along with people and to have thick skin, uh, you know, and, and not not jump on somebody whenever you think something's happened. You know, uh, if something has happened, then you have the guts to actually talk about it with that person. But don't assume something's happened or think something's happened and not know it and then just cause something to blow up. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, but I, I do think that thick skin and a uh, a little bit of compassion. Uh, you know, honestly, you know, one thing that I always talk about in my my talks are, you know, you spend the majority of the time during the week awake at your business. You know, whatever you do for work, that's where you are the majority of the time you're awake during the week. So why not make the most of it? Why not do everything you can to invest yourself into I'm going to make this the best I can be rather than be being the prickly pear that nobody wants to be around.
1: The prickly pear. Gosh, prick, I need to come you know. up with with employee types, and prickly pear is going to be one of them. That's <laughs> you know, I can see I with a cactus, little
0: mask on it, you know, something like that.
1: <laughs> that you know. Well, i I talk a lot about um, uh, I talk a lot about Beulah. Beulah's in my, she's a character in all of my, oh, yeah. in my courses, and you know, because she sounds. Like what she was, and which is really kind of unfortunate because I do actually know a Beulah in life, and she's really not like that. <laughs> but it's just one of those names. Yeah. Um, I should use my grandmother's name. My grandmother's name was Vernal. That's and, a good. Right. So actually, you know what? I should probably use her name because she would get a good laugh out of that. We used to call her Vernie. We used That's to say, awesome. you know, Hey, where's Vernie? You know. <laughs> I love and, uh, that. A good old Southern lady, just mean sometimes. So that that oh, might yeah. be a really good one. Um, you know, and so so my, our employee qualities are are pretty similar. And and I turned it around last night when I was talking to to my old boss, and I, I said, you know, but you we got to meet them halfway. You know, as a manager and as a leader, we got to be good employers as well. And sure, and I, I mean, for the first, I would say for the first eight years of being a manager. I was a really bad manager. I don't think I was a very good manager at all because I micromanaged. I didn't trust people to do their jobs correctly. I was always looking over their shoulders. So, I mean, I kind of have my list, and and I'll spill it in a minute, but what do you think makes a good employer? I mean, you said already supporting them, right? Yeah, yeah. So what, what else do you got?
0: You know, I, I always go back to that whole boss versus leader thing that we've seen X amount of times, you know, come across LinkedIn or whatever it might be. You know, but I really do think that it's about empowering that person. It's about letting that person take his or her responsibilities as far as they can or even further and not micromanaging or nitpicking or saying, well, I would have done it, dot, dot, dot. You know, I think that it's really giving them the freedom to to fly or to fail. And when they fail, because they're going to, you don't chastise them and you don't tell them how horrible they are. You know, you tell them, okay, this happened. What do we do to make sure it doesn't happen again? And you use it as a learning experience rather than a chance to pull out the whip. So I I really think that, that that's important to me, at least from an employer perspective.
1: Well, and I think, to, yeah, I, I can I can definitely see that, and I see that as a, an issue in a lot of offices where, the, you know, yeah, we need to hold them accountable, but we got to give them enough, not enough rope to hang themselves, but enough rope to actually do the job. You know, if right. they hang themselves, that's, 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 that's their problem. But we, we have to hold them accountable, and I, I find in offices um, across the country, I don't do as much consulting as I used to, but I, I definitely would see where we'd get them to a certain point, you know, and I, I'd... Leave the office for maybe a couple months, and it, it goes right back to what it was, and it's just because habits are so easy to fall into. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. when you when you have a, a boss that isn't necessarily holding you accountable, they kind of just let you do your own thing. I mean, I think only the real smart people, like really really smart self you know driven people, are going to be able to operate well in that environment. I think there's a lot of people that need to be you know, given paths and given cues. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Do you think there's anything wrong with that?
0: Do no, I, I don't. You know, I, I don't I don't believe a leader is a hands off person. You know, I but I also think there's a fine line between micromanaging and letting the employee do his or her job. Um mm-hmm. But no, I, I, I fully believe that if you're going to be a leader in your practice or in your business, that you're actually working with your team members to help them improve. You know, it's all about the team going together to CE events and, and really that whole camaraderie thing. Uh, you know, and I really do think that that's important because you know, and and sometimes we throw around the term family way too loosely. But I think that if you can build some kind of environment in your business where people not only enjoy being there, but they feel plugged in and they feel like they're making a difference, then I think that you've kind of got one of those things that honestly, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's kind of a minority out there, honestly. Uh, yeah, I, you know. I, I would I would say so. I mean, there's
1: a we know. Oh my god, did you hear that?
0: I did. Everybody, my all right?
1: Yeah, my dog fell off the back of the couch, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I I am tempted to edit that out, but I'm not going to because he's recovered. He's bouncing around fine. Okay. I think he scared him. Um, so
0: everybody, it's okay. It's yeah, all good.
1: yeah. Griffin's all good, but he's his eyes are wide like saucers. I, I think oh, he I'm went tr- into such a deep sleep, he just fell off the back and oh, he landed what? on the windowsill. He's okay. What?
0: Hey, I've fallen out of bed before. It happens. Well, <laughs> Have you really? Oh, absolutely. You kidding me? Absolutely What a right. crazy night. Holy <laughs>
1: cow. <cat. laughs> <laughs> We're going to need to talk to Dana about that. What's going on over there? Cassa <laughs> <laughs> <Kat's> Henry. <laughs> I think she's
0: pretty much uh, kicking me out after the snoring. but anyway. Uh, you know.
1: <laughs> and in today's lesson on sleep apnea. <laughs>
0: exactly. as, as we talk oh, about gosh. relationships, yes, so...
1: So, so here's the thing. I, you know, we're, there's a lot of groups on Facebook. Um yeah. I mean, every day I'm I'm like getting added to a group or I see a new group that people want sure. me to join. You're the same way, right? I see you in the oh, same of course. groups. course. Yeah. What I what, what I see in the, in these groups, the people are sharing their their problems. They're sharing their souls in these groups. You know, they're having problems, yeah. real problems, um, not just the you know she hates me, I hate her type of thing. Real, real issues and And they've created their own virtual family you know in these yep. groups, I mean especially yep. like nomi's group is really great, the dental marketing project yep. and um but what I wonder first first of all the only the first thing I wonder is why are you saying this in public? Don't you think anybody else in your office is in this group oh absolutely. and then yeah. right like like don't please don't dish on somebody when you know they could be screenshotting this, but that's a whole different that's a whole different podcast, right um cool. So what, but the second thing I think of is that person feels so safe and so at home in this group, why, why aren't they feeling that way in the office with their boss to be able to do that? So yeah.
0: You know, and and one thing that that you see, some of the, uh, the ADOM chapters, you know, some of the local chapters that are starting to form around the country, and some of these smaller study clubs that happen, you know, whether it's a dentist or a hygienist or, you know, whoever it might be, they start feeling comfortable in these close groups. And I think we all want to feel like there's somebody to share our struggles and joys with, uh, and I, I agree. I am I, I am all over social media, but I'm certainly not going to share every life happening on there. I'm just not that way because everybody sees it, and everybody can screenshot it. You know, yeah. and 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 I I don't need that. But I. I think it's important to find a group near you. Uh, you know, I, I always encourage my assistants. You know, find somebody across town. You know, wh- wherever they are, find some assistance near you where you can say, "Gosh, this is going on my practice." Have you all ever dealt with this? Mm-hmm. You know, and and share share those ideas. But yeah, public uh, in, in public and social media, I'm not so sure about. Yeah, I, okay. I agree.
1: And Danby puts on, um, Dental Assistant National Board, um, they yep. put on meetings or, or little cocktail parties, receptions and yeah. a lot of the major meetings. So that's a really good place to go meet people. It is. Like oh. you said, the ADOM chapters. Um, well, and you
0: you mentioned Under One Roof earlier. I, I will mm-hmm. tell you, you know, I was involved with that show for, I think, 13 years. And Under One Roof is one of the greatest trade shows out there because not only do they treat the hygienists like the queens that they are, but also, you know, those hygienists get there and they bond with each other. They really do. And and it's not just for that week, but they keep up with each other. And they're doing what you and I are talking about. They're actually sharing joys, struggles, triumphs, problems, whatever it might be. And and I think that's vital to to have somebody in the profession that you can kind of count on as your buddy.
1: You know... That's a problem, though, in these offices. You know, if you're the only assistant or if you're one of two and you're, the other one's the one you're having issues with, you don't really have an outlet. You don't really have well, anybody. I,
0: no, I, but I, I think even if life is great and you and the other assistant get along so well, I still think your buddy ought to be outside the practice. Just because, ah. and, and now this is my two cents, but I think that you can get a whole kumbaya life is good thing if only if you're only talking to people within your environment. You know, if you get outside of it, you know. And you mentioned Danby a few months ago. And you know, one mm-hmm. of the things that I always say to assistants is make sure that you're doing what you're legally allowed to do in your practice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you know, that could be a real eye-opening experience if you're talking to an assistant across town, and all of a sudden you realize or she realizes that, oh my gosh, I'm not supposed to be doing this. Uh, you know, so I, 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 even if life is great, I still encourage my assistants find somebody outside that works in a different kind of practice. different environment whatever I mean talk to them get some ideas from them because I really think that helps you grow professionally
1: well so here's a pro tip for anybody who's out there Um, assistants should not be doing root canals now I know that's a a news flash I know that that's hard to believe Um, and let's be honest there's some assistants who could probably do root canals but uh, I don't think there's any state out there that allows that is that do you think that's the case so no I I remember interviewing a girl who came in, and one of her talking points was that she was really good at root canals, that she had, you know, three years of doing root canals. And turns out the doctor was letting her do all the filing and, you know, was basically opening up the canal and letting her do the filing and then coming back in and, you know, doing the filling. So she had never worked in any other office, so she thinks this is normal. And time, yeah. So the first time she found out that it wasn't normal was when I I had to look at her. She was wide eyed. She's looking at me, and I said, "I hate to tell you this, but that's actually that's not cool. That's not what should be happening." Right. Um, and,
0: and, she, and I, yeah, and that's where I think you've got to get that different perspective because uh, you know I've heard way too many assistants come up, and it's there's some scary stuff going on that they were taught by the dentist that. Yeah, this is how we do things. And that's been their only frame of reference. And all of a sudden, yeah, they realize five years later, whatever, that, oh, my gosh, in my state I can't do this. What am I supposed to do?
1: Yeah. Uh, you yeah. know,
0: and and that's a, you're right. The the eyes that get wide. I mean, you know, it's like Griffin falling off the couch. I mean, that's <laughs> that's kind of the feeling. You know, all of a sudden when when uh, you know you realize that what you've been doing isn't isn't right.
1: <laughs> well, and, and you know, it's it's funny because I I really. I feel like it's up to the managers and the dental owners, you know whether it's a dentist or another business owner, that has to really keep up on this and they have to be be held accountable for it yes. and you can't just say you know you can't do ignorance right like the whole you know i wasn't i didn't know I wasn't supposed to speed that that whole thing but well, sure. you hear you hear that a lot, and that, i mean that's really what no. what caused me to do this podcast you know nobody told me that because I just I, I if I had a dollar for every time I heard that, I we'd be done. Like we would be rich. I oh. could even take you and Dana off to Tahiti with all well, of the money that. that I would have had, right? So.
0: Well, let's do that. Uh okay. you know, but you know, you you know that I used to live in Tulsa, uh, before mm-hmm. I moved here to Colorado. And of course Tulsa's where that oral surgeon uh caused national headline oh years ago.
1: Yeah, tell and the story, Kevin. Tell the story yeah, what happened yeah. with
0: that guy. So, so it was about um you know, we were about 3 miles away uh Pinwell uh, where I used to work with dental economics home base. So it's about 3 miles away from this dental practice where they were reusing single-use items including needles. Uh they were using instruments that were rusty. Uh I mean, think of any infection control breach that you can possibly think of and it was going on there. And <laughs> and, and one of the things that was happening was that the assistants were actually administering the IVs for sleep dentistry. And, wow.
1: that,
0: and, and when that came out in the local press, those assistants were crucified because, of course, you and I both know you can't do that. Mm-hmm. But those assistants were trained by that dentist that it was okay to do and so all of a sudden it gets out in the media that this is what was going on and their only defense was, Well, I didn't know any better. You know, that Nobody I was,
1: told me that. Nobody exactly, told me that. <laughs> exactly.
0: You know, it was it was a real black eye for the assisting profession and, and obviously for that practice. Uh, you know, but it's really scary how many times that I've heard assistants say, Well, nobody told me that and then I, I can tell you a couple of times that a dentist has come up to me very angrily because I've told the assistants to check what they can do in those states. You know, and, the, and the dentist knew darn good and well that they were doing something that really wasn't allowed and had some very choice words for me to mess with their employees. Mm-hmm. You know, and and I, that's the scary part for me uh, right there is that if you're knowingly doing something, and again, it's the minority. But sure. if you're if you're knowingly doing something that is against state law, well, that that's an issue on a, so many levels. Yeah,
1: I mean, ethically. I mean, yeah, <laughs> just, yeah. Let's just, let's just talk More ethically. Eth- I mean, absolutely, uh,
0: absolutely right. You know, and uh, yeah, and um, you know, I I was giving my talk one time, and I won't say what state I was in, but the dentist in the back of the room was. Giving me the cut sign whenever I came to that part of my talk, encouraging dental assistants to find out what they really could do or couldn't do.
1: Oh, for crying
0: And, out. and he, you know and and he came up to me at the break and was livid with me because and he said and I quote, if they check that, they're not going to show up for work on Monday. Uh-huh. You know and my and my response was good. Uh, uh-huh. You know. So I wasn't asked back to that uh, meeting, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but,
1: but I... Just wait I, for the new breed. Wait for the yeah, new breed about meeting planner to take her.
0: <laughs> but, you know, I, I think I think it is important because we, you know, if you really stick to the do no harm, take care of your patients, and if you're really going to be a health care professional, then you've really got to abide by the law. And, and that goes without saying, but at the same time, you and I both know that that's, you know, not always the case, sadly.
1: Well, you know, for the people who say it goes without saying, what they don't realize is that for every one person that doesn't think it needs to be said, there's three people that don't that need to hear it. You're right. And, and we, gosh, I see that all the time. You know, um, Dale Foundation, which is an affiliate of Danby, and, and full disclosure, I'm a... I'm a trustee on the Dale Foundation. I don't get compensated. It's a completely volunteer position. But one of the things we're working on is the value of a dental assistant It's a research piece. Yeah. And and our our you know we're we're putting forth that a, an educated and very effective and well trained dental assistant is actually going to be more profitable and more valuable to the pay, to the practice than you know an assistant that hasn't been uh, you know taken care of and, sure. and and grown, you know, and, and really just just not your run-of-the-mill dental assistant because not everybody's run-of-the-mill, but just, you know, just the dental assistant who hasn't gone the extra mile, the one who punches the clock, yeah. that's yep. not going to bring any value to your practice, but one that goes above and beyond, knows the state laws, tries to do as much as he or she can. It's the same thing with the managers, you know, that's, I hear a lot from, from sponsoring companies and they'll say, well, these managers don't have any purchasing power, so why should we even invest in, you know, being with them? And, you know, I've got all sorts of different thoughts on that, but we won't get into it. But but one of the pushbacks that I say to them is, you know, if you are going to get the ear of the dentist, you're going to get it through the manager or through the VIP yep. of the practice. You know, it could be the assistant, too. Yeah. I mean, why, why is the team always – not? I wouldn't say always ignore, but why is the team seen as – not as important when many times they're the ones who influence the purchasing decision. You know, and you know,
0: I, I yeah, I, I think it's I think it's believing what the way that it always was is the way that it always is. Mm-hmm. You know, and and you know, for so long, sure, the dentist made all the decisions and everything else, but that was back before the office manager really rose to power. That's back before the assistant really became kind of the gatekeeper and and the purchaser in a lot of practices. And so, you know, I, I do think sales reps need to really think about who's their audience whenever they walk into their practice. And if all they're doing is saying, "We well, give this to Doctor Smith," and walking back out, they're doing a huge disservice mm-hmm. uh, to, their, to their own business because they're completely ignoring uh, the people who could really be making the difference. And you know, Doctor Smith may love his impression material, you know, and that's great, but what about all the other purchases and everything else that happened? Oh, uh, sure. So, yeah. Absolutely.
1: Sure. Well, so we were going to talk about phones in the office, but I think we should just hold on to that because i, I the more I think about it, the more I'm thinking that's just – we could probably go off for days in that because oh, that's, there's been that's such a huge wh- issue, right? I think so, that's a whole
0: other podcast right Yeah, let's,
1: well, let's hold that for the next episode. Okay, but, right. but you you gave a webinar, um, and I missed it last night, and I, I apologize. I meant to be on for it, but you, you gave no. a webinar, and it was really I, full I, I, of –
0: yeah, okay. I cried for a l I cried for a little bit, but uh, I, I I stopped now. So let's let's I, continue. Yes. I knew
1: I should have at least just logged on. And then
0: <laughs> what did it, so. it appeal? Come on. <laughs>
1: anyway. but, but you gave it, and, and I'll make sure that it's in the show notes so that um, y'all can can check that out and listen to it. But it was how to be, how to make the second half of 2017 like how to rock it, right? So that yeah. what what were well, your what were your takeaways from that? I mean, I want them to listen to it, but what was your sure big takeaway from that?
0: Well, you know, really two big ones for the entire team and then one for the assistants, and we've already touched on that for the assistants. That's go to, you know, and, and you disclose that, uh, you know, your work with Dale Foundation and Danby, and I'm just going to disclose I'm a huge fan of Danby's. I really am. I think that they really stand up for the dental assistant. I always encourage dental assistants, go to danby, dot look at those state requirements and find out what you really can or can't do in your state. Uh, you know, but one of the reasons that I gave the webinar last night is that it's July, so really we're in the second half now of 2017. And I do believe that this is that opportunity where you've still got a chance to salvage the year if it hasn't been a great year so far. Or even if it's been a great year, how can you make it better in the second half? Because you and I both know we're going to blink, and all of a sudden the holidays are going to be here. I mean, it's, it's going to fly. Yeah. So now, the, the two big tips that I would give to, to everyone uh, in the practice is, first of all, really establish those lines of communication. I think it's really important that if you're having any drama in your practice right now, this is the time to resolve it. Uh, I always liken it to a splinter. You know, if you sit there and you let that splinter just fester in your finger, it's only going to get worse and worse, and eventually you're going to have an infection or another a bigger problem than you would have had if you just yanked it out originally. Same goes with drama. If something just bubbles under the surface in your practice and you don't address it sooner than later, going back to the business analogy about practices being a business, your customers are going to start knowing that there's a problem and they're going to start feeling the tension. You know, true story, I, uh, I went to my previous dentist before the one I go to now and sat in the chair and you could tell that something was going on and that the assistant the dentist had just had it out about something. And the way that they were slapping the instruments back and forth and there was no chit-chat, I mean, it was like, oh, dear God, now they're working on my mouth. You know, I mean, that was a very <laughs> uncomfortable situation. But, you know, you're
1: know, you collateral damage. Like, you're oh, absolutely. Lucky.
0: <laughs> I'm just now getting to where I can talk normal again. You know, it's amazing. Uh, but, but it really is something that your customers are going to pick up on that something's not right. So so my first piece of advice is whatever is slowing down your business from succeeding drama-wise, get it out in the open. Talk about it. Rip the Band-Aid off and let's figure things out. I think that's rule number one.
1: So and rule really, number one, no drama llamas.
0: No drama, it, it, lamas. No and, drama and, llamas. No drama llamas. And don't just turn your neck and go, it'll be fine. No, it won't be fine. <laughs> you know, it's really not going to be.
1: Well, and don't spit. Like, don't, isn't it is oh, the llamas do, or the I, alpacas that spit? One of them spits. You,
0: you know, if Julia was here, she could tell us. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: your lovely daughter. Yeah, my lovely she, daughter who, yeah.
0: uh, who goes crazy for Lawless or pack is either one. Yeah,
1: um, for the show notes, I'm going to look up which one spits because one of them uh, is known to spit, and it's awful. Do. And and I don't feel bad talking about spinning because we're in the dental business. So grow, oh. get up, grow up and get over it. We're talking about spinning. I, absolutely.
0: <laughs> <I> Come on. <laughs> and
1: what's you the know, second thing?
0: So the second thing I would say is, you know, get out of your ruts. Um, This is a great time for you to figure out, you know, we are in the second half of 2017, but what are you going to do to make 2018 better? This is a time for you to learn a new technique, try out a new product, you know, venture into the unknown a little bit. You know, the the great, uh, let's see, I'm trying to remember the exact quote, uh, Louis L'Amour, the Western novelist, Uh, and I believe it was that some, nobody ever got to where they wanted to go by being content. And, and, I, and I really believe that you've got to get out of your comfort zone a little bit and learn something uh, instead of just doing the same old, same old. And, Teresa, you and I both know we're getting into trade show season here. You know, the mm-hmm. summer's almost over, and this is a great time for you to find a course that you can take to learn something new. Figure out, you know, what, how can you incorporate a new technique or a new technology into your practice. You know I mean? Don't just settle for, yeah, things are okay now. Okay is not good enough. You know, make sure that you're, you're really doing something to kind of shake off the cobwebs and really grow in your profession. Dentist, hygienist, assistant, office manager, I don't care what you are, you can be better at what you do. So take those steps the rest of this year so that when 2018 hits, you've got a full year with that on your arsenal. And you can use it to really boost your business and your career as well.
1: I love that. That's a great nobody told me that. That That is great. Uh, it, so that actually just reminds me, I was talking to uh, a doctor, and he was really worried because he was getting ready to sell his practice. He's retired. Mm-hmm. He, um, he, he was worried about his staff because he knew the chances were that the staff, they were going to rehire the staff at lower wages, the staff was going to have to leave, whatever. He was worried about it. So he told me that the, la- the year before... He knew he was going to sell because, you know, they always tell you not to tell the staff, so he couldn't tell the staff. That was sure. when it was really hard. The yeah. year before, he paid for them to go to a ton of CE and just kept encouraging them to take as much CE as he co- as they could. And, and, you know, they learned, um, the, the hygienist went to go learn how to use lasers. The clinical team went to go learn how to, to be um, better at doing the, uh, the E4Ds and the CERECs and all that kind of stuff, you know, the, the digital stuff. So yep. he he was actually preparing his team and and he said you know he hadn't gotten to the point yet where he was he was ready to do it but I I would bet that those pe- those assistants and the hygienists and managers his team members are going to be more confident if they have to hit the job market than if it were and then if they were stuck at that office and Absolutely. and I, what you're saying actually goes right into what what you know, he's preparing them for what if your boss tomorrow? I mean, we're all mortal. What happens if your boss has an yeah. accident or something happens and you are? They can't afford to pay you. They've got probably a month or two in in cash that they can pay out. First thing they're going to come in is close the office for a dedicated amount of time. You're going to yeah. have to be forced to use your vacation or sick days or whatever. And and pretty mu- and honestly, you're going to be told that you're out of a job. So what have you done? In in that whole time to prepare for that, your words are so wise when it when it comes to that because I I don't want anyone to be caught you know unaware.
0: No, and and a true story, just real quick. I, I had a yeah. gentleman tell me one time during my my meeting that she and her doctor went to CE together. They did everything together, uh, and then one night he was killed in a car wreck. I mean, just mm-hmm. just and, mm-hmm. and and you know, and I mean, her tears are welling up in her eyes when she's telling me this. But she also said, you know, I didn't realize that when we were taking the CE, it was really mostly for him. And I wasn't getting that much out of it, but I was going, you know, and I and I was there to listen. But whenever it came time for me to look for another job, I suddenly realized how far behind the times that I was. Oh. And so she was, and she was asking me for advice on what she could do to get another job and how she could catch up and, you know, really... It's just a matter of diving in and learning at that point. But, but yeah, life, you know, life happens, and, and you really need to do everything you can to make sure that you're insulated and prepared for that. And, and one real quick thing, I know a lot of dentists have told me that they are a little nervous about training their team members because all they're going to do is leave. Mm-hmm. You know? and, and that's something I always kind of chuckle at a little bit because, okay, so you'd rather your team members not be trained and work with you then be trained and potentially leave your practice. All right, that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just, I, I,
1: keep, let's just keep them stupid. Let's exactly. You could <laughs> possibly wrong, you know, <laughs> so oh, I, you know
0: I, I will say, Dennis, I really think that it's incumbent upon you to make sure that your team members are up on the latest technology and that you're doing everything that you can to empower them. And team members, I would say that it's up to you to make sure that you're not sitting there waiting for the dentist to say, hey, let's go to a class. You know, mm-hmm. find things on your own where you can learn and you can progress your career forward. Because if you're just sitting there waiting, well, you know, the train could leave the station and you're still sitting there.
1: For sure. For sure. You we know. should we should probably do a call with Tia. We should get Tia on here. Tia oh, uh, Hunter. T- and, yeah. <clears throat> does she go by Tia Hunter or Tia Boyd? What does she go Uh by? Tia Hunter. Yeah, Hunter. Okay. So Tia, uh, yeah. let's get Tia Hunter on here. I don't know how it's going to be with three of us talking, but you know what? Let's just... This is New Frontier, right? This whole well, podcast thing, this is New Frontier anyway. So absolutely.
0: No, no, Tia Tia would love to talk and, and uh she's a great dental assistant, great friend in the Saint Louis area. And, you know, all I'll have to do during that whole talk is just go, Yes? Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, and that's all I need to do, so that'll be perfect. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna tell Tia, you said that she's gonna hear it. So all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Kevin, thanks. You're going to be a constant uh, part of this podcast, and I'm excited to launch this and have you right alongside with uh. me on this. Um, thanks for your insight on this. And everybody, uh, hit the subscribe button uh, so that you can get more of these, these uh, episodes. We're going to bring you what it's like behind the scenes, um, on the front lines, and all of that because I don't want you to ever be in that situation where you have to say, nobody told me that
0: subscribe to this podcast so you'll get our next candid discussion visit Teresa's website odysseymgmt.com that's odysseymgmt.com for more information on Teresa's courses books and speaking schedule subscribe to her newsletter while you're there don't say we didn't tell you that